God did. That's why I carry paper up here and not an iPad. So, too nervous about those computers. So, um, if you'll stand, let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Lord, I want to thank you so much, God, for the opportunity, God, to be in your house tonight, God. God, it feels so good in here with you, Lord. I want to thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy, God, that's been flowing through this house tonight, God. God, thank you for what you've done, God, for my church family, God, the testimonies, God. God, thank you, Father, for the love and the hope and the encouragement that we feel tonight. I pray, God, as I deliver this word that you've laid into my spirit, God, God, that you would anoint my lips, God, to deliver this word, God. God, I pray you would anoint our ears, God. Give us wisdom and understanding of your word tonight, God. And God, I pray tonight, God, that we would all walk out here, God, increase in hope, God, increase in our faith and encouragement, God. But most importantly, God, God, I pray that we, we glean from your word tonight, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord. God is so good. He is so good. Thank you, Jesus. I have to say, I faced every sorts of opposition tonight with this word. So it gives it makes me smile because that means... I'm on the right track, right, Sister Sheila? <laughs> okay. Uh, you don't have to stand, but I'm going to read a scripture. Colossians 2 and 10 says, And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. So this verse tonight, um, I've been reading this verse for several weeks. The message tonight was a message delivered to me and um, been living this this lesson for about a month, a little over a month. Um, you know, you get you get in school and you get the classes that you love. I loved PE and I loved art. I hated, yeah, lunch was really great. But I hated chemistry, Sister Shay. I dreaded going. And then I would love to take that book and just set it on fire. You know, get rid of that thing. Uh, it was hard class, but I needed that class. This lesson tonight is a hard lesson, but we need this lesson. So I'd love to laugh and carry on and joke tonight because that's what I feel comfortable doing. Um, but that's not the lesson I have. So these past few weeks, I've had several individuals approach me, message me, call me along with myself that has minds bombarded with fear, anxiety, sickness, lives turned upside down in a moment of time, bills due and no money, facing homelessness, they're in need of food and shelter, and then even tonight, even today, the devastating news I got of a friend, um, it's heavy, it's a heavy weight. These individuals have not only suffered these scary and depleting moments, but they are also fighting not to give up, fighting to hold on because the weight of everything is getting overwhelming. So I, too, have faced very low and trying days. Several of you in here this evening has as well. Being transparent, I called Pastor last week, and I told him after work one day that 
I felt I have poured and poured and poured and poured into people and into certain circumstances so much that I mentally and physically am exhausted and I have no more to pour out right now at the moment. I had nothing left. And he responded, Sister Laura. That's how he says it. Sister Laura. And if I was in his office, the, the, his girls laugh. He takes his glasses off and he goes, Sister Laura. That's exactly what he looks like and how he sounds. I got it down. I've been there too much. So he responded with a lot of great advice for me. But it all came down to me obeying what he was telling me. He goes, so I know what you're doing right now. You're hearing me, but are you going to listen to me? Are you going to do what I'm telling you to do? Sometimes it's easy to just hear what someone's saying, but then you have to apply what they've told you to do. So pastor always says, pray for God's will. But Sister Laura, you need to ask God to give you the strength to do God's will. So it's a two-part there. So he told me, he goes, you need to slow down. You need to rest. Those two things aren't who I am whatsoever. I'm not a good restorer, if that's a word. <laughs> and I'm not a, I'm, I'm a constant goer, okay? I just made those words up, but we're going to go with them tonight. So I gave it a shot, and I canceled things as he requested, and I stayed home for one day. One day. <laughs> and it was really hard. So I felt to share, a, a friend had messaged me that day, and she said, I want to share a sermon with you. And the sermon came from one of my most favorite lady ministers, um, Sister Walker. And um, it, I got excited. I got excited because she always speaks into my spirit. She always encourages me. She's always uplifting. So I was like, I'm about to get all of my answers. This is about to be fixed is what I thought. <laughs> Sister Olga, I see you smiling at me. So that was a joke because that's not what happened. It filled me up all right. But what I needed to hear, it wasn't the same that I wanted to hear again. So pastor did it to me, and now Sister Walker is doing it to me. So I've been chewing on this lesson, and I'm still learning. I want you to get that tonight. I don't have this down. I'm still learning this. Sister Peggy, sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes I'm a slow learner, and I'm still learning this. So as I, as I deliver... This lesson that I'm learning, I want you to know that I'm preaching to myself. I'm teaching myself again tonight. So I want to share with you what the Lord is showing me. I'm telling you it's not an easy pill to swallow. It's a stinking horse pill, if I'm going to be honest with you. But it's true. It's revelation for me, and it's going to take work for us. But I know that others need it too because I can feel it. I feel it in my spirit, and in prayer tonight, praying for all of you, I can feel it. I want you to take a moment right now, and I want you to think. I want you to think, what is completeness to you in your life? Three points. Think about it tonight. To you, what is your definition of completeness in your life? I want you to be thinking about those three points, because I'm going to revisit you while you're thinking about that. What are three major points that you would say in your life would complete your life? It would just be completeness. This is your definition. Okay? So we thinking about that. And 
I want you to think of number one right now. And I'm going to share my list. I did this before I knew the lesson, okay? Just like you're doing it right now before I tell you the lesson. Think about your number one, your number two, and number three. If it makes you complete, you should have them pretty quickly. I know mine, I spit mine off really quick. So does that list, what you're thinking of right now, match your life right now? Are you living in completeness? How many things on that list in your mind are you working hard on and praying for God to work out every single day? Every day you wake up, that's a prayer for you. God, I pray that you work this out. I pray that you would do this. Again, I'm going to read Colossians 2 and 10. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Hebrews 11:39. this is NLT. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. I've never, this is the Lord. I never said your health would not forsake you. I never said your family would not forsake you. I never said your financial security would not forsake you. I never said that your friends would not forsake you. I never said that your church would not forsake you. I never said that your promises would not forsake you. And this is the hard pill to swallow right here. When God spoke this to her, she stated this. It was her testimony right here. Wait a minute. But God, your promises are yea and amen. And she thought, this must be the devil speaking to me. And if thoughts don't line up with the word of God, then it's not God speaking. But then she said that she felt God speak to her firmly. So she asked, what do you mean your promises would not forsake you. The Lord takes us to Hebrew eleven thirteen. This time I'm going to read it to you in King James Version. It wasn't for their lifetime in that verse I just read to you. Now back to the New Living Translation. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. God spoke and said, I didn't say that your sensual awareness of my presence would never forsake you. I did not say your life would not forsake you. I said, I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. And when you have my written word, then you have me. He's saying what? He's saying to get in the book. We've got to read it. We've got to memorize it. And that's not easy for some of us right here. And most importantly, we have to love it. We have to fall in love with the word of God and we have to absorb it because there's going to be times that you are praying and you don't hear his voice. There will be times in the dry desert that you didn't feel his presence, but you have to stick to the good book in spite of how you feel, in spite of what you see, and in spite of what you haven't seen. Because those three things that you have in your mind that you're holding on to right now, if you don't see it happening, if you don't see God moving, if you don't feel it come to pass or you don't have it, you can get discouraged because you're waiting. You're waiting and you're waiting and you're not hearing. You're not feeling God move in those areas. And then when you get discouraged, 
your mind, one reason, I'm being really transparent tonight. I don't like to rest and I don't like to sit still is because the enemy likes to play in my head. He likes an idle mind as a devil's playground. I like to stay busy. I like to listen to worship. I like to listen to messages. I like to read quotes. I do this, clean house, because then I'm not sitting there for him to, to play mind games with me. So when you get discouraged and you're focusing on what is discouraging you, then you're opening up a battlefield between you and the enemy. It's dangerous grounds. Think on that. If you would ask me what my definition of completeness for my life would look like, this is it. I'm going to share it with you. I wrote down three things before I knew what this word was about. Number one, my entire family saved in living and serving God. Number two, revival in the church and, and first recovery and for the Lord using me and working through me to make a difference in someone's life. And then number three, for God to restore to me the half that was taken and his promises to be fulfilled in my life. That was my list that I wrote down. Now, when this happens, I'd be on cloud nine. I would shout. I would be all over the place, okay? I would No, I wouldn't even be on cloud nine. I'd be on cloud one million. I'd be really up there high. And who can't serve God while living high up in the clouds of fulfillment? Because it's easy to serve God when you're getting everything that you want. It's easy to worship God and to sing praises and smile when everything that you get is there. That's easy. So that's my idea of completeness in my life. It sounds pretty simple, huh? But the Word of God says, But ye are complete in Him, just Him. And all the gifts we long for are there. They're there in Him. So let's dive a little deeper in the word. What if we were to ask individuals in the Bible about completeness in their lives? So let's ask Apostle Paul. Do you have to have, do you have to really have good health to be complete in God? This is his response. Well, I wanted to have good health, but you already know about the thorn in my flesh. I asked God three times to remove it. But his answer to me was, no, my grace is sufficient for you. And guess what I found out? I found out that you don't have to have great health to be complete in God, even though I struggle with something in my flesh. David, let's ask David. David, do you have to have good friends to be complete in God? Well, I thought I had some. You know, when Saul was chasing me and I had to run to the hillside and those mighty men were with me. I guess they were loyal. They ran with me and into the caves and we were all together. Yeah, it was good to have good friends. But one day we got back to Ziglag and it had been burned down. They had taken over our wives and all of our children. My friends turned on me then. I didn't have anybody that day. So I just had to encourage myself in the Lord. And I found out that even if your good friends that were loyal to you turn their back on you, you can still be complete in God. Now let's go to Joseph. Joseph, do you have to have a loving family around you, supporting you, propping you up, helping you, and affirming you to be complete in God? I had quite the family. And a loving dad. Well, you read about it. 
I had the beautiful coat, and I think I was his favorite. And I thought my brothers loved me until they threw me in the pit. And then I ended up in Potiphar's house and in prison. And then I went all those years with no contact from any of my family. I was just all by myself. But if you go back to Genesis, it says three times, and the Lord was with Joseph. And the Lord was with Joseph. And the Lord was with Joseph. So I found out, even if you don't have a loving family, you can still be complete in God. Now let's go to Peter. Peter, do you have to have financial security to be complete in God? Well, about that, I had quite the fishing business. I had it going on, Sister Sheila. I knew how to fish. I had financial security. I'll never forget the day he asked me to leave it all and to follow him. My heart said to go, and so I did. Then one day we found ourselves digging a coin out of the fish's mouth just to pay our taxes. You really don't have to have financial security to be complete in God. God is going to take care of you. Now, it's great to be responsible with what God gives you, but if for whatever reason your business or your career starts to crumble, you don't have to have financial security to be complete in God. Now, let's go to Prince Jonathan. Prince Jonathan, do you have to have a ministry, a position in the kingdom to be complete in God? Well, I was promised one at birth, My father was King Saul. You know the story. He messed up really, really bad. I saw what cruel jealousy did to my father when he wouldn't release something to someone else. And I decided I wasn't going to be like that. I don't want my days to end like that, even though God has chosen someone over me. So I found David. And one day I gave him my robe. I gave him my bow, I gave him my spear, and I gave him my armor. I willingly gave another position that I rightfully should have had. I gave him my identity. I gave him my protection. I gave him my power, and I said, I'm going to love you as my own. So, and then the night before me and my dad died, On Mount Boa, I watched him tossing and turning in fits of rage and anger and jealousy in his bed. But I, I went to sleep in sweet peace. You are complete in God even if you do not have the ministry or position you thought was yours or you should have had. John on the island of Patmos, do you have to have a rocking church to be complete in God? Oh, I love the churches. I love traveling from church to church, ministering and writing letters that God anointed me to write. It was my life. It was what I did until I was put on this island in the middle of the sea. It was the Lord's day, but no church. There was just me. I thought, what was I going to do? It was the Lord's day. And he said, I know. I'll just get myself to the spirit. I'm going to start worshiping all by myself. Don't tell me you have to have a rocking church to be complete in God. I remember I received the Holy Ghost and I experienced my most powerful moves of God in my life that was life-changing with just a handful of people around 
or all by myself in this church right there in the altar or on these steps every single time. So you don't have to have a large church. You don't have to have a full church. You don't have to have a rocking church to be complete in God. We don't know what the end time is going to bring church. We may be in our own homes with just our immediate families for the church. We have to rise up and realize that we are the church. We have his spirit living and dwelling inside of us. So we have to learn to worship all by ourselves. We better know how to encourage ourselves. We can't depend on others' worship to spill over on us. For pastor or the worship team to cheerlead us and to pump us up to worship him and to get us into his presence. We must learn to do this on our own. In our own houses. In our own cars. On our own job. We are complete in him. We are complete in him. Now, those those heroes... In Hebrews chapter 11, those spoken before verse 39. I've already read verse 39 to you, but I like to go before and after a verse. So let's go back and read verse 39. I want you to keep in mind your list of completeness. So Hebrews chapter 39, I had that written down here so I wouldn't lose it. I'm having to use my, there it is. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. So those spoken before verse 39, the ones who were tortured, cruel mockings, the ones who were slain by the sword, the ones afflicted and destitute. Let's ask these folks if you have to have all the promises of God given to be fulfilled in your lifetime to be complete in God. Sometimes the promises that God gives us, just because we don't see them come to pass, means that God has forsaken us. He said, in our lifetime. So I'm sure that those that were put in the arena thought God was about to send an army of angels to rescue them. Or last minute, stop them from opening up the gates to let the wild beast out to devour them. They just knew that there was going to be a deliverance. But then the gates opened and the wild beast came at us. We never received what we held on to, which is the promises, but we realize we will not receive, we will not receive them in our lifetime. God's promises cannot fail. It's just not in our lifetime. So we just praise him and said, I am complete in you, Lord. Job, do you have to be centrally aware of all times to be complete in God? You know the story of Job, but at one point, my trial, I couldn't see him. I couldn't feel him, and I lost everything. Imagine yourself right now being Job in one spot in your entire world. Everything is gone. Job, when you read in chapters 1, verses 9 through 12, then verses 20 through 21, Job, do you have to have it all to be complete in the Lord? No, he lost it all, and he worshiped the Lord. Whether I have all the gifts or nothing, I'm complete in him. And that's what we need to comprehend tonight. That's what we need to grasp tonight. Whether we receive our threes that you have in your hand right now in your lifetime or not, or nothing at all, we're still complete in him. Stephen, 
Do you have to have a long life to be complete in the Lord? I was hoping to have a long life. I love sharing the gospel. I looked around and my audience was not amening. But when the sermon was over, they were attacking him and they stoned him. And he looked up. He looked up and he saw the glory in the heavens and and God. Even though they were throwing stones, I looked up and I said, Receive me, Lord. You don't have to have a long life to be complete in the Lord. This message and this lesson tonight is teaching me to hold all things loosely so God doesn't have to pry them out of my hand because when something is pried out of my hand, it hurts. Have you ever had something pried out of your hand before? It hurts. It's painful. So as I share this message with you of what I've learned and I'm still learning is to let go and let God so he doesn't have to pry out of my hand any of the blessings that he has given me. And the word is surrender. I don't like to surrender. I like to fight hard and receive and hold on to. That's what is in my nature. That's who I am. But surrendering is not easy. It's painful And it is hard, especially when you want to protect what you have and loss is terrifying. Familiar pain is scary. But once we truly realize that all that we have is given to us by God, he gives and he takes away. We are his. We are not our own. Amen. When we realize that we are complete in him and we surrender all, And no matter if I see every promise fulfilled in my lifetime or not, I have to make up in my mind that I will serve you, Lord. If I don't feel you again, I'm going to follow you to the end. I'm going to serve you, Lord. I remember a conversation I had with Satan probably about a couple years ago. Um, I was on my way to work. I'll never forget it. I can tell you the place I was at and I was headed where I was going, headed to work. But he said to me, Why are you doing all of this? You aren't making it to heaven anyways. Why don't you just give up and do whatever it makes you feel good right now? I'm sitting there. And my reply was, I rebuke you, Satan, in Jesus' name. Even if your lie were true, I would still do my best to serve God with my whole heart because he deserves it. And and he was immediately gone. I'll never forget the feeling in that car, Brother Littles. And the conversation I had with him and thinking that our God, even if, even if he never gave us anything else, Sister Shelby, I know that I'm complete in him. I know that I have all that I need in him. Sister Lulabelle, your testimony, I have God and that's enough. That's enough for me. Because Sister Lulabelle knows what it is to have the joy taken and stolen. What time is it? I'm almost, I'm over enough. Jesus, help me. So I remember that conversation, and I'm going to serve God with everything that's within me. If you guys want to go ahead and stand. And then when I rebuked him and I stood on the word of God, Satan flees. When we don't give him any room to come in and cause discouragement, when we, when we just tell him, this is, this is where I'm at. This is the word of the Lord. I love the Lord. I'm going to stand on his word. I'm going to serve him. He has to flee. No matter what we feel, our thoughts that cross our mind or situations arise, we must do our best to worship him so we can stay complete. 
That's where we will all have our fulfillment. Stand on his word no matter what. It's not easy and it won't be easy, but it's necessary. I know that whatever the world is going to bring, whatever we may face tomorrow, we have no idea. But if we will stay in his arms and know that he completes us, no job, no person, no hobby, no amount of money, nothing, nothing on this earth completes you. The only person that will complete you, the only being, your creator, God, completes you. And that's who we need. I want to encourage all of us tonight that whatever you hold on to, whatever those three points are, and you just dwell on them, and sometimes they can overtake your mind, they can cause you to worry, they can consume you sometimes and bring you down, you need to let go, let go. Don't have the Lord pry that out of your hand, but surrender and realize, say, God, I surrender to you. You complete me, God. You complete me. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you, God, for your blessing, God. I pray for my church family tonight, God. God, I pray that whatever we face, God, the things that we hold on to, the things that we struggle, God, if we're holding on tight to finances, to jobs, to people, God, God, to whatever it is, help us to let go, to surrender, and know that in you, God, we are complete. God, in doing this, that nothing is going to take us out of the church, God. Nothing's going to separate us from you, God. God, all of our love and our hope and our peace and our faith is in you, Jesus. Everything that we need, God, is in you, Lord. And I pray that for my church family tonight, God. I pray that you would just open up our our hearts, give us understanding, and let us see and keep our eyes on you tonight, God. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your lessons. And in Jesus' name I pray, God. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. And um, I want to remind you, no dinner this Sunday for pastor's appreciation. Uh, We will have um, something set up, some refreshments and things in the green room Sunday. Bring your cards. I know that would be so encouraging and uplifting if you could write pastor a note. Let him know how much he means to you and how much he's been a blessing to you in your life. Um, So this Sunday morning, don't forget, okay? You're dismissed.